This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in. I don't know about you, but I love buffets. The all-you-can-eat kind. Can you tell? (laughs) Most of you have been at one at some point in time in the past. And you know the wonder, even if you're an older person or a kid, you know the wonder of walking into that place for the first time and realizing you do not have to pick one item off the menu. You can pick anything you want, and then you can go and pick something else the next time. It is one of the most fantastic experiences to man. None of you will admit it because you're too spiritual, but the truth is, it is fantastic to know that you can walk in and have anything you want and as much as you want. A number of years ago, we went to um, Disney World down in Florida. Fantastic place. But you know, one of the highlights of the trip was discovering that in the United States, there are places called the Golden Corral. They are fantastic. They are buffets. And I remember taking our kids there, and their eyes get wide. They do not have to choose what they want for dessert. They can have anything they want from dessert. In fact, they can have ice cream this time and cake the next time. It is a fantastic experience. Of course, wisdom comes after you've been several times to realize that you shouldn't try to eat everything in the buffet line. It just doesn't work very well. Come on, be honest. How many have tried it? You've tried to sample everything and it just doesn't feel very good afterwards. And so wisdom, maturity comes after several visits when you realize I should really kind of check through things what I really, really want to eat and pick only those things. That's wisdom. That's uh, maturity. But it's a wonderful experience. It's another incredible thing to think of, and when you really think of it, to consider the fact that it never runs out. I've never been to a buffet that's ever run out of food. Now, maybe your favorite is fried chicken and you go to get some and it's gone. But if you just stand around with a hungry look on your face, somebody always comes from the back with more fried chicken. You can't out-eat the restaurant. It's a pretty incredible thought. Pretty incredible fact, especially considering the fact that this is a Western society thing. It's not something they do in most parts of the world, and most parts of the world don't have this opportunity. We've been talking about standing on the promises of God. The promises are what you build your life on. They are what you hold on to. God always keeps his word, always, um, in his time and in his way, but he always keeps his word. There are times when we doubt God's word, There are times when we doubt his promises and we wonder why he isn't doing what we think he should be doing. 
but God always keeps his word. Always, always, always. And today we are going to talk about the greatest promise, I believe, of all the promises in the Bible. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of promises. But today we want to talk about the, the greatest one of all. This is the promise you should have underlined in your Bible. You should have it highlighted. You should have it circled. You should memorize it. You should never, ever, ever forget this promise. Are you ready? You know which one it is? Here it is. Go ahead. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you, for God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. This is the bedrock promise. This is the one you have to hold on to all the time. The Apostle Paul was an incredible person. I mean, he preached the gospel uh, in all kinds of cities. He planted the church. He went from continent to continent at a time when travel wasn't easy. He lived there in a very difficult time. Uh, he ended up being persecuted. Uh, the Bible says that he was stoned several times. He was whipped several times. He faced shipwreck. He went through some really, really bad stuff. People hated Paul. And yet he kept on preaching the gospel, preaching, preaching for God, and he, uh, he, he just carried on. But one time, Paul went through a very difficult circumstance. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that Paul received visions that he could hardly even talk about. Uh, they were so fantastic, visions from God that, that, that were almost incredible, something that you could easily get proud of, God has spoken to me. But we read something important in the scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, our scripture reading today is verses 7 to 10, I believe it is. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we read God's word and uh, grasp this uh, teaching in your mind. Um, I'm going to read the light-colored uh, verses. You're going to read the dark-colored ones. There's just four verses, so it doesn't take long. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. God bless his word. You may be seated. Thank you. Truly, this is a wow verse, a wow passage of scripture. This is the apostle, the church planter, the evangelist, the people who, the, the guy who wrote probably half of the new uh, books of the New Testament. This guy is like a superstar when it comes to Christians in the New Testament. This is the man. And yet, Bible says, so that he wouldn't get proud, God allowed a messenger of Satan to torment him, torment him. Have you ever been tormented? Seriously, by pain, by loneliness, by feelings of insecurity, maybe by sickness. It just comes at you day after day after day, and you feel like you're being tormented. 
this man of God is tormented by these things that have come his way. And the Bible says that he prays three times and asks God to take away this torment. Now, you would think that if anybody has an in with God, Paul would. If anybody has a leg up on anyone else, it would be Paul. If God's going to answer any prayer, he should answer Paul's prayer. And yet the Bible says God didn't answer him in the way he wanted. God never took away his torment. God never took away his pain. God never took away the messenger of Satan that was sent to him. Now, in fact, I've been thinking about this. Elaine and I were just discussing it this morning over coffee. There's no record in Scripture that this tormentor, this messenger of Satan, ever left Paul. There's no record that Paul ever went through the rest of his life without being tormented by the enemy. As much as we pray and talk, there are times when God allows us to go through torment for a reason. When you feel like you're being tormented, you should pray just as Paul did. But rather than God removing the tormentor, that's not always the way it works. And God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, my strength, is made perfect in weakness. Let's break it down. My the word my, it's God speaking. Uh, those of you who know grammar can go back to the verses before. He's praying to God, and God speaks to him. My grace. It's God that's speaking. This isn't the pastor. This isn't a Bible teacher. Um, this is my. This is God speaking to him, answering his prayer. Not necessarily in the way that Paul wants. My, God, listen to what I have to say. God speaking. My grace, not my justice. Some people say, you know, all we want is justice. No, you don't. You should never want justice. Justice is getting what you deserve. Usually we want justice for other people. We don't want justice for ourselves. Oh, we got to be just. No, we, we just want other pe- God to be just with other people. I don't want it. I don't want to get what I deserve. Do you? Anybody here today want to get what you deserve? Not really. God knows all. God sees all. God hears all. So when you say, I want justice, no, you really don't. You want justice on other people. You don't want justice yourself. That means getting what you deserve. We do like mercy. Mercy is great. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. I like that. I know I deserve to be punished. I don't want that. I want mercy. Uh, But grace is getting what you don't deserve. It's getting what you don't deserve. It's getting love and peace and joy and happiness and all these things that are God's gift to us that we don't deserve them, but he gives them to us. God says, my grace, my undeserved 
favor. What a, what a powerful thing to want in life. Undeserved favor. My grace is. Not my grace will be, or not my grace was in the past. My grace is. That's today. That's present right now. It's not when I become 25 it's not when I become 40 and a mature person. It's not when I become 16. It's not just when I retire. My grace is today, right now, wherever you're at in life, God's grace is for you. And it is sufficient. It's enough. It's more than enough. It's going to the buffet line and realizing there's more you could ever, ever have. God's grace is sufficient for you. And it's for you. It's not for the pastor. It's not just for those mature Christians, those really cool Christians, those really you know, holy Christians. My grace is sufficient for you, every one of you in this place today. You don't want what you deserve. You want his grace, which is getting his love and mercy and peace and all those things wrapped up that you don't deserve, but you get them, and they're for you. Even though you may have done things that you don't deserve anything. You may have done things that, that you just don't deserve anything from God. You may have been rebellious, you may have turned against God, you may have turned against people, but God's grace, and God would say to you today, to every one of you, my grace is sufficient, more than enough, more than you will ever ever need my grace is sufficient for you that's powerful powerful there will be times when you will pray for something and you won't get it and you'll be mad and you'll be angry and you'll wonder why and God will say to you my grace is sufficient for you my grace will get you through this. There will be times when you wonder why you have to suffer or why you have to be tormented or why you have to experience this. And God says, I'm going to be with you. My grace will be sufficient for you. I will carry you through. My grace will be sufficient for you for every day. There's a verse in the Old Testament. I remember Bill Fox, a man in one of our churches years ago, used to quote this all the time. He was like 80-some years of age. And he was, he, was, he was healthy and strong. And he would say to me over and over, as your days are, so shall your strength be. That's God's grace. As your days are, so will your strength be. That's God's grace. God promises to continue to pour out things into your life that you don't deserve. The moment we get to the place where we think we deserve certain things from God, you're, you, you don't understand grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's not a gift. Or it is a gift, not of, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. He gives it to us because he doesn't want us boasting about it. And the truth of this scripture is that grace shows up best in our weakness. It's when we're weak that we become the strongest. It's when we're weak that God shows up. Now listen, this goes against everything that we are taught in life. Everything. We're taught to be strong in front of our friends. Be a man, stand up, be somebody, blah, blah, blah. 
It's all garbage. Because underneath every single person, everyone, there's weakness. And there's things we can't do. And when we're weak, and we put our trust in God, then we become strong. Because we have his strength in us. When there is nothing we can do, he promises to be sufficient for us. More than we will ever need. Have you ever felt physically weak? Have you ever felt emotionally weak and unstable? Have you ever been financially weak in a weak spot financially? You didn't have a lot of security and you felt weak and, and, and almost in a, in, a, in a vulnerable place? Have you ever been there? That's a good place to be. Because when you're weak, then you're strong. Nobody likes to admit weakness. No, there's not a person around that likes to say, yeah, I, I'm very emotional. I, I just, I'm just weak all the time. Nobody likes that. We're taught not to be that way. We don't want to be that way. We don't want to be the person that's always needy and always weak. Nobody wants to be that way. But the Bible says that when we're weak, that's when his strength gets poured into our lives. When we're weak, we're actually strong. And let me just say, the person who's never felt weak will never know God's grace. If you continually think that you can make it on your own and you've got this all together and you're, you, you don't, you're, you've never been through those things, you're probably not going to experience grace to the measure that you need to experience. It's usually when the legs have been kicked out from under us and we have fallen flat in our faces that all of a sudden God's grace becomes real. This week, Elaine and I spent a couple days away and uh, we were in a hotel down in Red Deer and in the middle of the night, uh, I had a dream and it was an awful dream. Uh, it felt like a thousand fingers were pointing at me, telling me you're no good, you're a failure, you've messed up. I know all the things you've done. I know how bad you are. And it was horrible. I woke up in, with sweats. I was, I was sweating. I knew I wasn't going to get back to sleep. I was worried about things. It, just, it, just, it was just like, well, if I use the biblical term, it was like torment. I was being tormented in the middle of the night. It was awful. It was awful. And um, as I'm laying there in the middle of the night, Elaine's sleeping, I'm, I'm awake, wide awake, thinking about these horrible thoughts. All of a sudden, this promise came to me. Uh, David, my grace is sufficient for you too. My grace is sufficient for you. I remember as clear as day saying, thank you, God, for your grace. I'm okay. I'm okay. And I went right off to sleep, woke up the next morning, had a sermon for Sunday. <laughs> God is good. <laughs> God is good. Today, I invite you to God's buffet of grace. It's never ending. It's always sufficient. It's always enough for you. You can go back time after time after time. The scripture says in John that if uh, we're not supposed to sin, but if we do sin, we can go to the, the Father 
confess our sins, and he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You say, how many times does that work? <laughs> how many times do you want it to work? Do you ever want God to stop forgiving you? To stop saying, my grace is sufficient for you? It works all the time. It works all the time. I want to invite you to that grace. He's exactly what you need, and it's for you today. Now, some of you have been living in torment. Maybe it's something in your past, something you've done, and it bothers you. It kind of rears up its head. Maybe it's something that's right now and present. Maybe it's your home, it's your family. Uh, maybe it's, uh, you're, you're being tormented by thoughts of the future. I don't know what it is. I know that anytime people get together, there is somebody there that's living in torment. Oh, they, don't, they don't look like it on the outside because we, we mask. We're pretty good at masking what's going on on the inside. But there's somebody that's facing and living in torment right now. It may be a home situation. I don't know what it is, but somebody today is living in torment and you've asked God for, for, for deliverance from it. You've said, God, take this away. I can't handle this anymore. I can't deal with this anymore. And God's saying, uh, my grace is sufficient for you. I may not take it away from you, but I will be there for you. And I will be everything you will ever need. My grace is sufficient. Rest in me. Trust me. Know that you can always experience my grace. God may not remove whatever it is, but he does promise that he's exactly what you need. We've been talking about amazing grace and if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, asked him to be the Lord of your life, I would encourage you to do so today. My number's up there. Text me if you need to. and Just say, I received Jesus today. I want to ask Jesus into my life. And I'll pray with you and encourage you. But you need to tell somebody and talk to somebody. We have a, a video that you want, I want you to watch. This is an old song. You've heard this so many times. But I want you to watch this old video and... Um, listen to it. It's just amazing grace. We sing it so many times in church, but sometimes I don't think we really listen to it as we sing it. So just listen to the old song, Amazing Grace. Go ahead and play that. If you know the story, John Newton, the man who wrote the song, was a slave trader. He bought and sold people in Africa, shipped them across the ocean, and sold them. The worst of the worst a horrible, horrible person who took advantage of people. And in a storm, he feared for his life. I believe the story goes that he was thrown overboard and feared he would die. In the midst of his panic, he called out to God for mercy. And he found grace. And the old slave trader became a preacher of the gospel, a pastor, and he wrote this old hymn along with others. And of course, it's probably one of the most famous hymns. Please never take for granted the song. We sing it so often that we seldom even listen to the words, seldom even think about them anymore. But it is truly amazing grace. It's amazing what God has done in our lives. So I encourage you. My grace is sufficient for you.
Would you bow with me? Father, I recognize that in a group like this, there are times every one of us has gone through torment. We sit in church and sometimes sing the songs and we talk to people and we shake hands and you'd never ever know that there was something going on, but inside there's torment and pain and hurt. And we pray that these things will go away and yet they never seem to go away. And we wonder where you are. But you promised that you would show your grace to us. That it would be sufficient for us in our time of need. You would help us get through and there'd be more grace than we could ever begin to imagine. So Father, today I pray that every person here who happens to be in torment right now, they would hear the words of the Heavenly Father that would say to them, my grace is sufficient for you. May they reach out to you and trust you, put their faith in you and believe in you once again. Father, for those of us who have experienced your grace and things are going well for us right now, may we thank you that they're going well for us because of grace. It's not because of all the good things we've done. For all the good things we have and all the good people in our lives are because of grace. They're your gift to us, and we thank you for that. Our family and our friends and our church, and we thank you for the grace that you show to us and extend to us every day. Father, I pray that you would remind us that your grace is always sufficient. There's always more than we will ever, ever need. So we thank you for that, and we pray your blessing today upon this people as we live for you and serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, in honor of God's grace, we actually have free cake and ice cream in the lobby. You don't have to pay for it. You can go back as many times as you want and get more. It's a buffet. There's only one kind of cake, and I think there's only one kind of ice cream. But you can go as many times as you want. It's grace. It's given to you grace. God bless you. Have a great week.